Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. Um, I would love you to welcome Andy, who is going to be speaking this morning. And we do need to do a bit of a longer round of applause this morning um, because Mr. Bump has hurt himself again. Um, it was his finger the other month, it's his ankle today. So give it up for Andy. Keep going, keep going. Oh, you go, Thank you. Oh, gosh. Do you know, it's only for the attention. I found out you don't call it attention seeking, it's attention needing. Um, just to say as well, in a few months I'm going to have another operation on my finger. So all of these jokes are going to come up again. For, um, for those of you who don't know what's happened, I sprained my ankle on Friday going for a run. I was running through Woodgate Valley. Um, I was trying to do the longest run I've ever done. Um, and uh, I was running through Woodgate Valley. A lady stopped me because she was lost and she asked for directions. So I gave her directions carried on running, realised I wasn't as far along on the path that I thought I was and realised I'd given this lady the wrong directions. And so genuinely felt God say, go back. And so I went back, told the woman I've got it wrong, but gave her the right directions this time, and then went back along the path. And that was when I hurt myself. And so the moral of the story is this, don't exercise, don't help people. You'll only get it. I'm joking, please. There's, there's a clip for Instagram Reels on Monday for us to put out. Um, today I want to talk about embracing the moment, and I've got to embrace this moment. But, you know, when I was thinking about the word moment, I couldn't get away from an advert that is going to age me and maybe age you as well, because I couldn't stop thinking about this advert who remembers this advert, the Quality Street? Like, honestly, at some point this afternoon, you'll be in the garden, you'll be mooching about, and suddenly you'll find yourself whistling. Up. <laughs> honestly, and it was this thing of like, want to share a magic moment with somebody? Buy them a box of Quality Streets. They've had to ditch that advert now because if the advertisement around Quality Street was true, it would be, you know that person at Christmas time that you know well enough to buy them a present, but you don't want to buy them a decent present? <laughs> Go to Asda, spend $3.99 and get them a box of Quality Streets because <laughs> we all do it, don't we? And it was this sense of embracing the magic moments of life. And, you know, I love sport. The, one of the reasons why I love sport so much is it just creates these incredible moments. And I have to be limited in our house on, on what sports I'm allowed to watch because I'll just watch any sport. And I love the incredible moments that sports can give. And as a Liverpool fan over the last uh, five or six years, I've had lots of great moments seeing us lift trophies and, you know, win league titles and all this kind of stuff. One of my favourite moments from the last few years as a Liverpool fan is this moment right here. It was during the pandemic. It was against a team that you might not have heard of because they're from lower down in the divisions. They're a, a small team that don't tend to do that well. They're called West Bromwich Albion. Um, and we were playing them. We had to finish. Uh, we had to beat them to finish in the top four. Liverpool were playing them. It was 1-1 going into injury time. It's like COVID, so nobody was in the ground. All the fans are at home watching 
on their sofas. I'm absolutely furious. Like, I'm texting people going, I hate West Brom. I was in a proper grump about it. And in injury time, we get a corner, and our manager sends Alison Becker, who's our goalkeeper, up for the corner. If you're not familiar with football, goalkeepers don't go up for a corner. Um, and Alison Becker's actually a Christian. His nickname in the squad is the Holy Goalie, uh, which I absolutely love. And um, I, I see him going forward. I sit back on the couch. How embarrassing is that? We're sending the goalkeeper up against West Bromwich Albion. And the corner comes in and the holy goalie rises and he meets the ball and heads it and it goes into the back of the net and pandemonium in my living room ensues. Now, context to this moment is that we have previously had more than one complaint from our neighbours about how loud I celebrate Liverpool goals. <laughs> and I basically was running around the sofa, running around the living room, screaming like a girl, just going, Alison Becker! Alison I'm like jumping on the sofa, I'm taking my clothes off, I'm throwing cushions all around the place. Laura's like, Andy, 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 the neighbours, the neighbours. I'm like, Alison Becker's just going on! Like, honestly, it was like, it was one of the most incredible moments. And it was the two-week anniversary of that moment uh, this week, the two-year anniversary of that, of that moment this week. And I never not like smile when I see a repeat of that goal because it just brings back that moment of sheer like ecstasy and sheer like just screaming like a little girl. And, and I think sport gives you those moments and life can give you those moments as well but life can give you different moments as well. I can remember the moments that I crashed my car and I can remember all as I begin to think about it I can remember all the feelings the, the stuff that happened in that moment it was a horrible moment. I can remember the sad moments of my life the moment when I was told that my granddad wasn't going to make it after having a heart attack and the, the, the pain the sadness the grief the loss and we can all admit that life is made up of a million moments. You know, we can go through the kind of drudge and the monotony of everyday life. And we, you know, you have your breakfast, you go to work, you go to school, you do, you do your stuff and you get on with, with the kind of rhythm and the routine and the mundaneness. But it's the moments that we remember. And life is made up of a million moments. And Jesus had quite a few moments, and Matthew uh, recorded a lot of these for us. And I'm just going to whiz through them. I found five different moments in, the, in Jesus' life where it refers to a moment. The first one, it says, Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of the boy, and he was healed at that moment. The next one that Matthew says is, then Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted and her daughter was healed at that moment. The next one says, Jesus turned to her and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. The next one. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. And then we come to one of what I think is the most important moments in the history of time. At that moment, when Jesus was on the cross and he died and gave up his spirit, it says, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks split. That curtain was in the temple and it separated everybody else from the Holy of Holies, the, the thickest presence of God. And in a moment, Jesus tore that curtain and said, do you know what, I'm, I'm 
reuniting humanity with God. I am making a way for me and you to know the presence of God and know God the Father in a moment. And I really believe, and we believe in this church, that Jesus can change everything in a moment. But I don't want to overstate a moment because I think sometimes we can overestimate what God wants to do in the short term and underestimate what he wants to do in the long term. But I think even in the long term, Jesus uses a collection of moments. And um, what I want to say today, the bottom line of what I want was to remember is this, that a moment with Jesus can change the momentum of your life. A moment with Jesus can change the momentum of your life. I had coffee with somebody last week, somebody who's only been in person kind of five or six times to, into, into this building, but has been watching online every single week since November. And she told me some of her story and she sat there and we sat in Costa and she said, Andy, Jesus has changed my life the stuff that I was struggling with, Jesus has broken and that does, isn't there anymore. Jesus has changed her life and has changed the momentum of her life. And I think when we have a moment with Jesus, whether it's a, like what we just read there, some of the healing, a massive breakthrough moments, or maybe it's a moment where you go, hmm, I wonder whether I do believe in Jesus. Or maybe it's a moment where you, where you just hear a line from a talk or a line from a song and you go, oh, I need to think about that more. That's a moment. And then Jesus can change the momentum because I think moments need to create movement and momentum. I haven't just used the word momentum because moment fits into it, but momentum means this, the quality that keeps an event developing or making progress after it is started. And that's why at Life Central Church, our strapline isn't, people, isn't to help people find Jesus we want to help people find and follow Jesus because we want people and we want to lead people to have a moment with Jesus where they go, oh, oh, I didn't realize there was a God that loved me. I didn't realize that Jesus' name was power. I didn't realize this stuff. But we don't want, just want people to realize it and then go home and it not affect their life again. We want to lead people to change the momentum of their life through the power of Jesus and so that they, that, that, they, that you, move from just discovering who Jesus is and discovering his love for you to being a, a person that you follow and you orientate your life around. And you know, that is none more true for, uh, than for anyone than for a guy called Paul. Um, Paul wrote most of the New Testament. Um, he's quite famous in the Bible. But before he started writing bits of the Bible, he was known as Saul and he was a devout Jew. He did not believe that there was this Jesus guy that rose from the dead. And he was committed to wiping out these rumors that Jesus had risen from the dead. And so he was, he was signing forms. He was, he was um, kind of given authorization for people who claimed about the resurrection to be killed, to be tortured. He was trying to wipe out Christianity and stop the growth of this vicious rumor that Jesus had risen from the dead. And he has this moment on the road to Damascus where he's on his way to kill more people who are talking about Jesus. And Jesus appears to him and he has this moment and he says, Saul, why do you persecute me? And Saul has this moment. Jesus changes the momentum of his life, changes his name, calls him Paul. 
And Paul goes on to write half the New Testament and goes from a guy who's trying to kill Christians and wipe out the rumor of the resurrection of Jesus to then trying to convert as many people as possible to Christianity and proclaim the truth that Jesus has risen from the dead. Talk about a moment creating momentum. And in fact, Paul, who had all the riches, he was, he was, he was wadded, as I would say. He was wealthy. He was successful in this world. Jesus changed everything and he goes on, like say, right off of the New Testament. And basically, half of the, most of the New Testament is letters to different churches that Paul had set up. And so Paul was going all the way around the place, setting up uh, different churches in different locations. And so when you see the book of Philippians, that's not just to a group of people who were called Philip. It's a place called Philippi, and it was a church that Paul had planted. He'd gone to Philippi, he told loads of people about Jesus, got them together and said, you guys need to be called Life Central Philippi, and you need to proclaim the name of Jesus. And so then he goes off and goes somewhere else, and he, and he sends them letters to help them out. And we're going to pick up uh, some of that letter in uh, Philippians 3, and it's the message version. And Paul writes this. He says, yes, all the things I once thought were so important are gone from my life. Compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as my master firsthand, everything I once thought I had going for me is insignificant, dog dung. And now if I read the original translation... You would all be offended at the word that I would use there because it's a much harsher word. A lot, of, a lot of scholars think that that's actually a word that we would consider a swear word. You can all imagine it in your head. I don't need to say it. But Paul is saying everything he has ever had compared to knowing Jesus is considered dog dung. I've dumped it all in the trash so that I could embrace Christ and be embraced by him. You see, a moment with Jesus can change the momentum of your life. And it is important to remember the moments. I remember the moments that created momentum in my own life when I was on my way home from school at the age of 15, having had a big long meeting with my head a year that wasn't about my academic achievements, let me tell you that one for free. And I'm in the car and we're driving along the dock road in Liverpool just past Brunswick Station and my dad turns to me and says, I'm really disappointed in you, son. And that moment... Where I thought, man, I don't want to do that. And I got home that night and sat on my bed and prayed. And I said, God, I don't want to let my dad down and I don't want to let you down. I'm going to try and follow you. And so I got up the next morning and tried to follow Jesus. And I've done that every day since. And some days I've done that better than other days. But that was a moment that I can remember. It's a moment that created momentum in my life. I had a little moment on Easter Sunday. Um, Easter Sunday was the 9th of April this year. That was actually the anniversary of my granddad's death. And I didn't realise it until the morning of. And we're in church and we're singing in Christ alone. And in Christ alone has become a bit of a family anthem for us because we sang that at my granddad's funeral. And I remember standing at my granddad's funeral and singing the words from life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. And I remember praying and saying, God, thank you that my granddad lived that. I want to live that too. I want that to be a prayer over my life. And so we've sung it. We sung it at my nan's funeral. We sung it at our wedding. We sung it at uh, uh, all of, loads of the weddings in our family. It's become this family theme. And I just had a moment on Easter Sunday where I said, God, thank you for my granddad, for the momentum that he's produced in my family, that he set an example of what it means to follow Jesus. He's put in us as a family. Hey, this is, these, are the, these are the moments that count. And I spent a moment being grateful. 
But I don't want to just sit in those moments and look back and go, well, wasn't that a lovely moment? Wasn't that great? But I want those moments to create momentum in my life. And I want the moments that you experience with Jesus to not, not just stay there, but create momentum in your life. I want your, your last encounter with Jesus to be within the last couple of weeks. Not the last time you went to a festival or the last time we had a guest speaker. I believe that God wants to create momentum and Jesus wants to meet with us and have moments with us that create momentum in our lives. You know, I was flicking through uh, Instagram a couple of weeks ago, just wasting some time, and I came across a pastor talking about uh, how, how we should lead our churches. And he said this, he said, we need to move our people in churches from a hospital to a family to an army. And I want to explain that a little bit using, using my poorly sprained ankle. At the moment, I feel like I'm in the hospital phase. I'm, you know, sitting around yesterday going, babe, could you, uh, could you get my phone charger for me, please? Ba- babe, I, I, need, I need you to iron my clothes for tomorrow. Like, this morning, babe, could you get my breakfast for me? I, I, I need Laura to help me. She's waiting on me hand and foot. Don't pray for me and my uncle. Pray for Laura. She's having to look after me. Um, I feel like I'm dependent on other people to, to meet my needs. And I think, you know, when, maybe when we first come to church, and maybe today is your first time, you're in the hospital phase. You're coming in and you're going, I need, I need to hear more about this, Jesus. I need these moments to meet my needs. I need, I need to find out more. I need these people to help me. But nobody, nobody lives in a hospital, do they? Eventually, hopefully, you get discharged and you move into a family. And, you know, for, for me, at some point, I'm hoping this week, I will be fit to begin to start to look after myself again. I will begin to be able to not have to lean on my crutches and I'll be able to contribute to my family home again. And maybe one day, if you're in that hospital phase, you will begin to feel like you're part of the family here and you're part of the family where you feel like you can contribute. Maybe it's getting involved in a connect group or joining the dream team, but you begin to, you move from the church and Life Central Church to my church and our church and you feel a sense of ownership with it. That's got to be the journey that we go on and, and then maybe one day, in a few weeks' time when my ankle is better, I'll be able to be back out there on a run again, pounding the streets, exercising, <laughs> huffing and puffing through Woodgate Valley. And maybe one day when you feel like you're part of the family that you may then go, I'm ready to be part of the army. I'm ready to be out there sharing about Jesus, telling people the good news that Jesus has risen and it can change your life, helping people have those moments with Jesus to create a moment, momentum in their life, that it's not just about, hey, come to church on Sundays, but it's, hey, I'm going to go and be the church out there in my workplace, in my college, in my school, in my university, in the, in the, you know, by the school gate, wherever it is that your sphere of influence is, that you feel like, hey, I'm paid to do a job, but I'm called to be on a mission and I'm part of an army that is going to create moments for people to meet Jesus. Maybe one day you'll get there. Maybe you are there. Maybe you're like, come on, let's go. Let's do it. And you know, this is momentum. And I think you can dip in and out of it. And it's about the moment of your life. You might be in pain right now. You might be suffering. You might have been struggling. You might be in grief and you're in that hospital phase where you need people to come around you. That's absolutely okay. okay? I'm not trying to tell you, hey, if you're in the hospital phase, quick, get to the army phase. This is a journey 
that we need to go on as, as a church and you need to go on as, as a person and as a follower of Jesus. And maybe, maybe you'll, you'll dip in and out of it and change. But you know, if you are in that hospital moment right now, I want to offer you some encouragement from something that Paul says in his letter to the church in Corinth. So he's writing to a different church here. And I want to offer you some encouragement. Uh, and it's this, it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, that outwardly we're struggling, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles, let's just do a mental underline of that bit, are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Now, I'm not trying to push it away and go, see, God, God's at work, it's fine. What, what you're struggling with, God's, God's at work. I know that sometimes that's not helpful to hear. But I want us all to understand that what we experience in this life is momentary. It's a moment. What you are going through might feel like it's been a long moment. It could be a number of years, a decade, like a long amount of pain. And Paul says it's light and momentary. You almost feel a little bit offended. But what Paul's saying here is, in the light of eternity, this is just a moment. Abraham Lincoln said this quite a lot. He said, this too shall pass. And he uses a phrase, I, only, I need to be honest, I only came across this because I was watching a Tom Hanks interview. Um, and Tom Hanks was asked, what would you say to your younger self? And he said, this too shall pass. He said, well, you know, when, when it's tough, you can't get a job, you struggle and your mental health isn't great, this too shall pass. But when life's great, when you're getting every job that you apply for, when you feel like you're on top of the world, this too shall pass. Life is full of moments that are up and down. Let me put it in a little bit of a different way. You might not know this, but I'm an experienced period drama actor. I don't know, I don't know why you're giggling. It's, it's part of my CV. I, I used to run a theatre company um, going in and out of prisons, um, but that's not the story here. Um, in 2002, I was invited um, to come and be part of an ITV drama. It was called The Foresight Saga. Anybody heard of The Foresight Saga? Yeah, I was in it. I played a really, really important role. Um, and I know you, you might be surprised to hear this, but I'm just, you know, I, I don't like to brag, okay. Um, but I, I want to show you a clip of me in the Foresight Saga. Because um, I just, you know, years of training came off of this. I was 16. Um, and have a look. This is me in the Foresight Saga. Let's have a look. So that's not me having a smooch, by the way. Did you see it? Did you see me? Oh, it's me. How did you not see it? It's a really important key role in the Foresight Saga, an ITV drive. Let's have a look. For those, of you, for those of you that were maybe looking at your phone, do you know what I mean, dreaming away, thinking about your spuds or something, let's have a look. This is me in the Foresight Saga. I heard someone shout there. Some of you are getting... I cannot believe that you're not getting this. Let's do it one more time and make it, make it really, really obvious where I am because I play such a key role 
in this. Let's have it one more time. You can see right there. There's my mush. Right on ITV, period drama. 16 years old, blared out. It's like they knew I had a future on crime. Watch, isn't it? Blaring my face out like that. And you know, I'm in it. I'm in it for about two seconds. There's actually a clip earlier on where my back is in it, but I just didn't want to go overkill on, on the whole thing. <laughs> and you see, when, it's 14 hours. 14 hours the Foresight Saga is. And it's like every other period drama. It's deathly boring. Um, but I'm in it. I'm in it. Whenever anybody mentions the Foresight Saga, whenever anybody mentions it and it comes up, I'm like, I'm in the Foresight Saga, you know. Did you know I was in it? I was in it. I was in an ITV drama. Anytime it comes up, I mention it. You would think that I was the lead character the way I talk about it. But I'm not. I appear in it for two seconds and my face is blurred in the background. I did a whole day at St. George's Hall in Liverpool. I got up at 5 a.m. and was there till 10 p.m. And I'm in it for two seconds. I'm not bitter about it at all. <laughs> Here's the thing. You'd think that programme was about me. And we can laugh and giggle about it, but we all do it about life. Our life is just a moment in light of eternity. We're here and then we're gone. James, the brother of Jesus, he said this. He said, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Yet we make it about us, don't we? We make life and this moment that we're alive all about us, our to-do lists, our successes, our failures, the size of our house, the, the speed of our car, the, the job that we're going to have, the things that we're going to achieve, we make it all about us. And it's not. It's about finding and following Jesus and put it another way and say it's about knowing Jesus and making him known our life is a mist that appears for a little while and then is gone and so my challenge is what are you going to do with your mist what are you going to do with this moment that you are alive tell you what I want to do this guy in the Old Testament called David, really significant in the story of, of God. His story is summed up in the book of Acts, which is just after Jesus, and it says this. Now, when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep, he was buried with his ancestors, and his body decayed. That's what I want to be said about me when I die. When I'm done with my moment on this earth, I want people to say, Andy served the purpose of God in his generation, and then he died. If you're a Christian, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, I wanna challenge you with your moments. Serve the, serve the purpose of God in your generation, in your time, in your moments. And when the time comes, you'll die and your body will decay. And you'll have a moment before the king of the world and you'll be in eternity and you realise what kind of moments and how momentary our life is. And you can think about, if I can have my crutches now, Sam, um, you know, when you think about life as a, as a moment and this mist, you can feel really insignificant. 
Like, I could talk about the universe and how tiny we are in the universe as well, but it's just going to blow our minds. You can feel really insignificant. Every one of us was significant enough for God to become a human and send his son, Jesus, to the cross for you and for me so that we might have a moment that changes the momentum of our life and we can follow him forever. And so we are so insignificant, our life is a mist, yet we are so significant. God doesn't need us, but he chooses us. And he chooses to use each and every one of us. And so if you're a Christian today, I want to challenge you. What are you doing with your moment? How are you going to embrace the moment of your life? How are you maybe moving on that journey from maybe it's time for you to stop treating church like a hospital and stop coming here for painkillers every three to four weeks? But maybe you think, I'm going to take a moment to get stuck into the family of this church. Or maybe you've become too comfortable in the family environment and it's time to get out there and be part of the army. Or maybe today you're not sure if you're a Christian and you're just thinking, will you hurry up because I want to go home. I want to challenge you. Your life is a moment. Do you want your moment to count for something? I think the greatest way you can make your moment to count for something is giving it all to Jesus. I, uh, one more Liverpool thing that I didn't plan to say, but um, another Christian who plays for Liverpool is Roberto Firmino. He uh, played his last game at Anfield yesterday, so he's moving on. Uh, and his wife put on Instagram, um, she said something like, well, well done, my husband. Um, I hope you get all the honour that is due to your name and you lay it at the feet of Jesus. I was like, come on, that's so good. Because I want to take any praise I've got and lay it at the feet of Jesus and say, my moments is all about you. And so I want to invite you in all of our sites to stand to your feet. And we're going to close the service with a couple of songs that reflect about moments, about life, we're going to sing a song called The Story I'll Tell, which is all about, in this moment, what's the story that you're going to tell? What's the story of your life going to say, whether today is a difficult moment or a great moment? What's the story that your life is going to tell? Maybe you just take that moment with Jesus to allow him to challenge you. Why don't you just close your eyes now and I'll pray for us. And Jesus, we invite you now into this moment we pray that you would speak to us God we want to embrace the moment of being in your presence God we pray that you would cause this moment to have momentum that it wouldn't just be a moment that stays a moment that we look back on and think oh wasn't that good but God I pray that this would be a moment that produces change that causes us to live a life that's not about our own glory but that that's about the glory of your name. And so God, would you challenge us? Would you speak to us? And would you help us to find and follow you? We pray in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Let's sing together, guys.